did Yeshua die on a Friday? This is an important question. And I'll tell you why I've come up with this and why I think we need to teach it. As a young man, age 14, I met Yeshua, the person, in a tangible, powerful, and kinetic way at a Bible camp on a Friday evening of a festival Christians call Easter. I met Yeshua, and he said to me, return to your roots. He didn't say to me, repent and be baptized, although I did repent. I did enter the mikveh uh, tevilah, the immersion of baptism. But that's not what Yeshua first said to me. He said to me, return to your roots. Understand who you are as a Jew. And as I began to grow in my faith, it occurred to me that each year at the same time of year, people were acknowledging the death of Yeshua on the Friday and then celebrating the resurrection of Yeshua on the Sunday. I looked at my Bible and I saw that Yeshua was saying, I will be in the center of the earth three days and three nights, just as Yonah, the prophet, was in the belly of the whale three days and three nights. And then, I never was very good at math, but I was good enough to count. So I counted, dies Friday, one night, Saturday, one day, another night, two nights, Sunday. So two nights and one day. And I thought, either I'm getting this wrong because I'm really bad at math, or this is not right. He didn't die on a Friday. I concluded that for obvious reasons, because the first day of the week is Sunday. And so now we're going to go through the teaching and we're going to try and understand what did actually happen from a Hebrew context using the Hebrew calendar evening to evening. And we're going to find out that, in fact, Yeshua did not die on a Friday, but he did rise on Yom Rishon on a Sunday. It's important to keep in mind that as Jews, we don't name the days after gods like Gentiles do. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, they're all named after pagan deities. We name our days after the Genesis account of creation. Yom Rishon, day one. Yom Shene, the second day. Yom Shlishi, the third day, and so on. And so when we look at the, the days in the Hebrew calendar, we're actually saying... The first day, the second day, the third day, the fourth day, the fifth day, the sixth day, the seventh day. So that's how we're thinking as Hebrews. Okay, first of all, I want to read a text from Matisiyahu or Matthew chapter 12 verse 40. So if you'd like to turn in your Bibles and read the text with me, you're welcome to do that. Matthew chapter 12 verse 40 in Hebrew, Matisiyahu. Uh, in English, Matthew, and Habisawa Api Matisiyahu, the Gospel according to Matthew, 12.40. For just as Yonah, Jonah, the dove, was three days and three nights in the belly of the giant fish, so Ben Ha'adam, the son of man or the son of humanity, will be three days and three nights in the heart of of the earth. This is Yeshua speaking. Let's read it again. For just as Yonah, Jonah, 
dove was three days and three nights in the belly of the gigantic fish, so Ben Ha-Adam, the son of man, the son of humanity, will be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Now that's Yeshua speaking of himself as Ben Ha-Adam, the son of humanity, the son of the Adam. The evidence for the Sunday or Yom Rishon, first day resurrection, is sound. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. That's in the Gospel of Luke or Habisawa Alpi Lucas, the Gospel of Luke 24.1. The first day of the week for both the Greek and the Hebrew calendars is Yom Rishon, Sunday. Sunday is the first day of the week. So there is no doubt that Yeshua rose on Yom Rishon, on Sunday. This particular Sunday was Yom HaBikorim, the day of first fruits. And this is in respect to the barley harvest coming forth from the ground. If you want to look up what the day of first fruits is all about, you can read Bamidbar Numbers 28-26. Friday to Sunday, as I said, doesn't add up. It's one and a half nights in one day. We could be really generous and say that it's almost two days. That wouldn't really be true. But even if we do that, it doesn't add up. Well, the Bible tells us that Yeshua was to be in the grave three days and three nights. That is clear. So we have to rethink our math. Okay, it's not possible. <clears throat> so how did we get this teaching? This is a question that a lot of people ask. If it's not correct... How has it come to be that the majority of believing communities celebrate this time of year, which they call Easter, and celebrate Friday to Sunday? Okay, now to be clear, we call this time of year Pesach, Passover. And during this time, there is also the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Okay, so this teaching became widely accepted around the 2nd century CE, or AD following the rejection of Jewish practices by the then predominantly Gentile Christian church. Sadly, the Gentile church leaders of the time misinterpreted Yohanan or John 19.31 due to a lack of knowledge of the Hebraic Jewish roots of the Christian faith. Okay, so what is this John 19.31? Let's read it. So we call Habesua Alpi Yohanan or the Gospel according to John, 1931, and it reads this way. Now, it was the day of preparation. The next day was to be a special Sabbath. In Greek, ho sabaton, okay, the Sabbath. Because the Jewish leaders did not want the bodies left on the crosses during the Sabbath, they asked Pilate to have the legs broken and the bodies taken down. And most of us know the rest of the story, that they didn't actually end up breaking Yeshua's legs because he was already dead. But the point is that our, our church forebears misinterpreted this Sabbath to refer to the weekly Saturday Sabbath, when in actual fact it was a special Sabbath. Ho Sabaton. So... Sabbath, Sabbaths, special Sabbaths, 
There's a lot of different terms flying around here. Okay, when the writer of the gospel according to Yohanan says that Yeshua was crucified on the preparation day and that the body of Yeshua should not remain on the cross on the special Sabbath, Ho Sabaton, literally the Sabbath, the Gentile scholars of the second century assumed the gospel writer meant the weekly Saturday Sabbath. The scripture clearly states that this particular Sabbath was a special Sabbath, not a weekly Sabbath. We learn in Leviticus 23 that there are a number of special Sabbath days, and each of these connected to the feasts, and each of them not the weekly Saturday Sabbath. Leviticus 23, 6-7, reads like this, On the 15th day of the month, which is the sun, the Lord's festival of unleavened bread begins. For seven days you must eat bread made without yeast. On the first day hold a sacred assembly and do no regular work. That first day of unleavened bread is the sacred assembly or Ha Sabaton or High Shabbat that is being referred to in Matthew's account. Of the gospel. This is not the weekly Sabbath day, but the high Sabbath or the special Sabbath of unleavened bread. The biblical Hebrew or Jewish day begins after sundown following the pattern of the creation story. The, thus, the biblical days are recorded from sundown to sundown. This particular special Sabbath that we're talking about began at sundown on the eve of the first day of unleavened bread, following the Passover sacrifice. Okay, so the Passover sacrifice, 14 Nisan and the day, and 15 Nisan, the following day, is the first day of unleavened bread. During the first century CE, sacrifices were made at the third hour, 9 a.m., the sixth hour, 12 p.m., and the ninth hour, 3 p.m., of the Jewish day. This day being 14 Nisan, beginning in the previous evening and ending in the following evening. So it had begun the evening prior. The accounts of Yeshua's crucifixion record key developments at each of these three times of the day. And if you want to follow that up, you can read Mark 15, 25, Luke 23, 44, and Matthew 27, 46. Now, if you have the slides, I've put a slide on the set of slides that shows us a chart of that week where Yeshua was crucified, buried, and rose again. So during that week, the disciples went and prepared, practiced bedekat chametz, cleaned the leaven from the home, and Yeshua celebrated a Passover Seder with them on the evening of Nisan 14, which was actually a Tuesday night. So this is when he celebrated his final meal, his Passover. It was the next day, which in the Gentile calendar would be a Wednesday, but as an actual fact, the fullness of the day of 14 Nisan, where Yeshua was crucified, and rightly so, because he is the Pesach lamb, the sacrifice for 
all peoples and he must suffer and die, be sacrificed as a vicarious sacrifice for us on the same day that the Passover lamb is sacrificed. So this is fitting. So he dies on the cross at about 3 p.m. And between 3 p.m. and 6 p.m. he's buried because this is a preparation day for the next day, which is unleavened bread, the 15th of Nisan and a high Sabbath. That's how this works. He goes into the grave. That's one night. The full day the next day. The next night is two nights. The full day the next day he's in the grave, which is a Friday. So by Friday he's already been in the grave for a one full day. And this is his second full day. Then one more night he has a full day in the grave on what we would call Saturday in uh, Judaism, Shabbat. And then at the convergence of Shabbat and the first day of the week, which is any time after sundown, Yeshua is resurrected. Now some will say, oh, but they came and they found early in the morning on the first day that Yeshua was resurrected. But the thing is, that's when they found out he had resurrected. That's not when he actually resurrected. So he resurrected prior to that at the convergence of what we would call Saturday and Yom Rishon, the first day of the week. And that gives us good math for what Yeshua prophesied would happen, that he would be in the grave three days and three nights, just as Yonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Some of you may be visual learners, and you're not going to learn visually from the lines on my face, so you might need to go and check out that diagram. Okay, <clears throat> you might be saying, well, Yaakov, you say all this, okay, good for you, but you know, where, where are the other witnesses to this teaching? Because the Torah tells us that at least two or three witnesses should be brought forth to decide a matter. Okay, so the first witness to this teaching is the sign of the prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of a huge fish, so the Son of Man will be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The book of Jonah 2, 1 says this, From inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord his God and said, In my distress I called to the Lord, and he answered me. From deep in the realm of the dead, I called for help, and you listened to my cry. Guys, Jonah was dead in the belly of the fish. The Hebrew text literally says that he called out from Sheol, the place of the dead. So when Yeshua said that it's the sign of Jonah that is figurative of his own death and resurrection, he quite literally meant that Jonah died and was resurrected, just like he would die and would be resurrected. This is something that's often overlooked. Let's read it again. Jonah 2 verse 1. From inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord his God. He said, in my distress, I called to the Lord, and he answered me, From Sheol, from deep in the realm of the dead, I called for help, and you listened to my cry. 
Okay, interesting. The second witness to this teaching is the Hebrew calendar itself. The Hebrew calendar is a lunar calendar based on the biblical context. We get this calendar from the story of creation, evening to evening. The lunar calendar of the Jews can be established to record a week, just like the week we're talking about, in the 30th year CE, 30 CE or 30 AD. The Hebrew calendar lines up with the diagram that I've made for you guys. The third witness to this teaching is the Jewish culture. And the beliefs held in the first century CE when Yeshua walked the earth regarding the spirit's departure from the body. Now, I'm not saying these beliefs were accurate, but I'm saying Yeshua had to minister to the people in a way that would leave no room for doubt as to the miraculous nature of his death and resurrection. At that time, Jews believed that the spirit waited near the body for three days prior to departing to either Gan Eden or the bosom of Abraham, paradise, or to Gehenom, the place of temporal torment before the judgment and eternal punishment. This is one of the reasons for Yeshua waiting until the fourth day to go to Lazarus in John eleven six to 39. Any resurrection occurring prior to the three-day period would not have been considered fully impossible to the first century Jewish community. So you see, it was important that Yeshua was three days and three nights in the grave because it put aside any doubt as to the miraculous nature of the sign of his resurrection from the dead. Okay. So why is this important? Because some of you might say, well, it doesn't really matter. We know Yeshua died. We know he rose again. We don't really need to be particular about this stuff. Well, the myth concerning the Friday crucifixion does affect our ability to present the gospel because hearers recognize the inconsistency between what we teach and what we practice. They hear us talk about this Yeshua who said he would be three days and three nights in the grave. And then they see us celebrating or remembering his death on a Friday and his resurrection a day and a half later. The myth destabilizes our mental ascent to the events of Yeshua's death and resurrection, which is the foundation of our faith. Therefore, the myth becomes a vehicle for doubt in our own lives. The myth when made practice, and today it's called Easter, cements the lie and takes our eyes off the origin and foundation of our Hebraic Judeo-Christian faith. We become partakers of the errors of our forebears. The myth allows for syncretism and compromise and the inclusion of other pagan practices. It's important to understand that a myth only ever offers part of the truth. It conceals the full truth and in doing so deceives the hearer. By definition, a part truth is a lie. The truth can't be picked apart or refuted. 
It's simple, it's clear, and it's accessible to everyone. Yeshua said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So you see, it is important to understand what really happened during the Pesach or the Passover in which Yeshua died and rose again. I hope that some of this information and the diagram I've given you will help you properly understand what the New Testament or the Brit HaChadashah intends when it talks about Ha or Ho Sabbaton, the Shabbat or the special Sabbath. It is referring to the first day of unleavened bread, the high Sabbath, and not to the weekly Saturday Sabbath. Therefore, Yeshua did not die on the Friday, but on the Wednesday, was three days and three nights in the grave, and rose at the convergence of Saturday night and Sunday morning, which is Yom Weshon, the first day of the week, or in the modern calendar, Sunday. When we hear the truth, we have two choices. Allow the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit, to direct change in our halakha, the way we walk or the way we practice our faith. Or two, harden our hearts and thus grieve the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit. Let's ask ourselves, if Yeshua and his disciples practiced the Feast of Unleavened Bread, what exactly is it that's stopping me do the same? If Yeshua's death occurred during Pesach or Passover, why do I call this time of year Easter? Which in fact is a Germanic word meaning spring. Okay, at least call it Nisan or Aviv, they're Hebrew words. If following Yeshua means adjusting practices that I've kept for years in ignorance, Am I willing to do so? I think these are really important questions for us to ask ourselves.